Hello, and welcome to another episode of What High School Did You Go To? I'm Gabe Diverge. And I'm Chris Hatfield. It's the first time we've done one of these openings, and I feel like I get to fulfill my lifelong dream of telling you, but first, Pearl Jam. Um, <laughs> that's immediately what I thought of when we kind of talked about doing one of these, because the intro is going to play after we get done introducing the show here, and I feel like I'm we could just have didn't. a Bill Simmons thing. I'm glad you didn't tell me you were going to say that before, because I'm like struggling to hold back laughter, and now Pearl Jam. Okay. Goodness. That's great. <laughs> yeah, we're doing a cold open, folks. <laughs> that's, uh, that's going great, so far really 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 enjoying it uh no chris we we wanted to we wanted to intro the show a little bit because you know we've got some things going on trying something new we're almost at 30 episodes this is our, our 28th episode 29th if you count the emergency pod um <laughs> so we wanted to mention a few things specifically uh especially the newsletter that we announced last week uh the we are chris and i are extending this to words we talk about this and now they're this is gonna be written words not just talking words which is i know the people love that as well that fresh fresh content in your inbox uh we are starting our, our our little newsletter is called the spaghetti junction journal you can find it at our website whathigh.school Again, that's whathigh.school. And you can find information about it. We've got a little about us type of thing going on there. And, yeah, I think we're going to try and put one out this week. Yeah, uh, just some things. I think we're going to start early with just some things that we're kind of reading. Um, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of stuff out there to, that we want people, I think, to know about. We saw, like, we saw Insider Louisville <laughs> go away this year. And uh, that's just, like, a random aside. But I, I don't know. I just want to, like, share things that I'm reading because people that are writing writing stuff need to be read and it's important to support those people and it's like a really weird aside about inside Louisville but it still makes me sad so I'm going to bring it up probably as much as possible to be honest no absolutely it's it's absolutely tragic we mentioned at the end of last week's show but yeah I think at this point the newsletter is going to be sort of a reading list of of maybe you know things that we talked about on the show but uh, you know definitely other things that are happening locally and around the state and nationally in general and I'm excited for that for sure and the so so sign up for that again at the website I'll, I'll include a link also in the show notes and you could do that the other thing that we're kind of excited about chris is it's uh, everyone's favorite time of year on twitter uh where people are being asked to vote for the leo's reader's choice awards it's a magical time and, and so someone brought it up to me and i kind of mentioned it to you chris i was like uh should we ask people to vote for us we absolutely this? should we i will constantly shamelessly plug as much things as possible so we're going to so, ask you to vote for us for the best podcast in the leo Yes, we're going to do that. I think you've got to like the middle of September and we'll put again, we'll put a link in the show notes to it. Uh, you can go to leoweekly.com and, and find it. Uh, the annoying part about the Leo Reader's Choice um, Awards is that you have to vote for 30 different things. You can't just go in and go to best co- best podcast and vote for what high school did you go to? You have to <laughs> fill out 29 other categories, yeah. but it's actually a fun exercise. I did it yesterday. I'm sorry, I did on Friday, Chris, and it was I'm it was fun done. to go through. <laughs> I'm halfway done, so we're yeah. gonna bother you about that. Uh, definitely subscribe to the po- to the newsletter. We had several people do that last week. Thanks to everyone who did already, and then we're gonna bother you about the newsletter. So yes, yeah. yeah, so t- oh, oh, I'm sorry about the about the Leo Best podcast thing. So stay tuned for that and. Uh, Go yeah. ahead, Chris. I'll, I'll let you. I'll let you take the honors. No, just a lot of fun things to talk about today. We have the the state fair shenanigans going on. Um, things with Matt Jones, Rexa Karma. A lot of people getting fired. So yeah, we can go a ahead and start the show. A lot of people getting fired, Chris. A lot of things happened right after we recorded the show last week. Uh, and so now here's Pearl Jam. Coming to you from inside the Waterson Expressway. Greatness started in Louisville, Kentucky. It's the only podcast that misses cahoots. This is What High School Did You Go To? With your hosts, Chris Hatfield and Gabe DeVerge. Louisville is the greatest. All right, so Gabe, has it been incredible for you to watch that we literally went from Twitter on Twitter the last weekend to talking about buying Greenland to now everything is a chicken sandwich debate. It's pretty incredible for me to watch, honestly. It's been quite a quite a time on Twitter.com. We went from the Greenland debate, which I, I don't know, I think some people who listen are probably aware, and I think I've mentioned on the show before, that I work for a Danish company. Yeah, I saw that. I meant to, I meant to like ask you that uh, so pretty much fun. immediately I, when you tweeted 
tweeted that honestly. I emailed the one compatriot of mine, uh, or, or, or a colleague of mine who is a former Greenland resident, and she has not responded to me. I don't think she's taken kindly to <laughs> yeah. to the idea of being an American citizen. But alas, uh, so definitely, yeah, it's been a fun debate, and and. Everyone has been talking all about the Popeye's chicken sandwich versus Chick-fil-A the, versus Bojangles the versus Popeye's Wendy's. The Chick-fil-A stuff legit feels like a cultural war. It's, it's like, I love it so much. It's, the Twitter wars have begun. There were a ton of emergency meetings at fast food webs, uh, fast food uh, offices where Twitter, you know, social media managers like, all right, what's our retort to this? And uh, Chick-fil-A definitely did not respond correctly. And if hey, if you haven't had the Popeye's chicken sandwich, I highly recommend it. I, I think it's miles better than the Chick-fil-A spicy chicken sandwich. This, and, this is just uh, why in 2019 it is important to have your social media game on point. Like this is, this, there's there's most likely some like I'm going to assume that one of these guys is an intern and one of them's actually paid. That is just my guess. And we're seeing the difference played out in front of our eyes. No question. It's always funny. I, I, you know, as a person who runs social media for their employer, it's always funny. It's like, oh, it's not some intern to run it. I'm like, man, these these brands, I can only imagine. There's like 30 people in the room. Like, this is a war room right now yeah. for, for Wendy's and, and Popeye's. But it has definitely been funny. It is, I think, these like weird food debates, like these weird sort of like pitting normal things head to head is like the only good part of Twitter that remains. <laughs> NBA Twitter is- stays pretty solid. NBA Twitter, yeah, but but like like this is like everyone can no, like attest to this. So I, I, I it's, it's, probably, it's, it's wild to think about the things we talked about in you know 2006 on Twitter compared to the just actual rage that is just every day when you walk into the cesspool. It's uh, yeah. What are we mad about now? It's definitely it's yeah. definitely always always that. Uh, shout out to Jay Z. Uh, Chris, <laughs> let's talk about something a little more serious. Uh, the state fair. There was an incident at the Kentucky State Fair this weekend. I'm not quite sure if people uh, saw the video because it happened over the weekend. Chris, you got a little bit of buzz on it. You 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 posted <laughs> something you saw on Facebook, I believe, right? And and yeah, well, the no, it, was actually, it was actually sent to me. Um, okay, I, I, so I located it on Facebook after the fact because like my intent through that whole thing wasn't really to you know. Get a bunch of retweets or anything like that. It was right. more so to to share something that is going on and have people see this and you know make their opinion on it. And the reality of like like sharing something like that, which I kind of knew it would happen, it blew up a little bit more than I expected it. But you literally just get everything you know thrown immediately into your face. And I went through and I read everything and like it's just. <laughs> The, 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 the amazing thing about it is to me is anytime people look at these videos, there is literally not a single person that goes into these videos with right. no notion that they, they don't already have. They're not looking at these videos from an unbiased like view. I mean, it's there's nothing new going on here. It's a yeah. cop acting questionably and, you know, you make your own judgment. Yeah. So, and if it if anybody listening hasn't read i think the career journal did a good the, the, the article that i mentioned that chris uh, chris's tweak i mentioned in um did a good job of kind of laying out the whole situation which we don't i mean all the details we have it sounds like we don't have all the details still there's an internal investigation being done by the police but basically if you're unaware um <clears throat> saturday it seems like some juveniles uh, set off some fireworks and shouted shooter which is a really shitty thing to do a really stupid uh, thing to do a really dumb thing to do and the police we're not quite sure when the video started uh, or how long after the video started but it, it you know appears the police are, are, are dealing with some younger people uh, the the police officer in question is very aggressive with some young people who I'm again we aren't sure if they were related to the incident at all there's another video that was sent to you Chris of a police officer uh, just welling away at a yeah and a, a, just just punching a random guy don't know if it was the guy who was involved have no idea what's going on so we don't have all the details but I'm with you Chris it is like one of those situations where you have a lot of people who you know I can I can you know I you know I say this as a person who you know definitely is a person who 
who isn't always willing to take the police's story at hand. So I, I definitely can see, you know, I definitely can sympathize with police in that situation where you think that there's a life-threatening situation and you're wanting to disperse a crowd because you feel like it's it's leading to an un, you know a, not a great situation. I get that. But that doesn't give somebody the the license, even a person of power, to to push someone randomly. Um, but I also definitely think the kids probably, you know, they definitely were acting, you know, punkish as well. And um, and and the ones in question. So especially the I mean, the ones who who set off fireworks and and yeah. and, and, and made, you know, that's not a great thing to do at all. Yeah, I mean, I, I've thought a lot about this. I, I really have. Like, as someone, like you said, you you don't always take the face value of, you know, police officers' words at hand. I, generally speaking, in a very general term, don't always trust the police. That's just the, 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 the reality that I kind of live in. Now, mm-hmm. aside, that doesn't mean I'm going to be on the side of, of you know, a random on a random crowd guy saying that we, we should jump the police officers. That's not okay either. The the thing that uh, I was kind of oh, yeah. struck, no, struck was with cool. with all these people in my mentions is that there was a whole zero-sum game in all this, right? You yeah. were either the police officer was all the way right or the, the kids were all the way right. There was nowhere in the middle. But it, in both cases, there's absolutely zero defending the police officer welling away on the guy. That, oh, yeah. That, that second video, I don't want to speak on as much because I'm not familiar with the circumstances. I'm a little bit more familiar with what was going on here because there's a little bit more context in this one. That one's a five-second clip of a dude just punching. Yeah. The the other one has a lot more, you know, you can, you, there's a lot more variance there's just so much going have. on. Yeah, yeah, there's just so much going on. It sounds like there were two. I'm reading here: two adults arrested, seven teens were cited and released. Their parents or guardians. Um, it sounds like they were the ones who who shot fireworks in the crowd, claiming there was an active shooter in an attempt to incite panic among the fairgoers. That's what the Courage Journal said. And of course, that has since led to the state fair saying that anyone under, I think it's anyone under the age of 18 has yeah. to be accompanied by an adult starting on Wednesday. Like after which is, 8 o'clock or 7 o'clock or something like yeah, that? Yeah, 7 o'clock, which is basically what happened at the mall, what yeah. the mall is now, which... I I get it in this immediate <laughs> aftermath of this. I'm never a big fan of those those rules just because I think they. Um, I don't know. I, I listen. I get it. Like you shouldn't be using you shouldn't be using the mall or, or the or the zoo or the or or the the fair the the state fair as like your babysitter. But I also think that those rules always tend to favor um, certain groups of people and and yeah. uh, and harm others who don't have spaces. To congregate safely, but I get it in this situation. I think, especially, I think they need to come up with a better plan, and this is probably the only stopgap they can come up with before next year. I think there needed to be a response, and a response is better than none. Um, yeah. I, so, so all things considered, I think it was you know the correct one. The Saint the Saint Matthew's Mall one was a little bit less serious. I thought that was a little bit more comical than this, personally. Um, but <laughs> I think that was just a bunch of people in the East End of Louisville, you know, freaking out because some kids are. Being kids and they're like we're we, gonna can, we could talk the the, the, the legendary St. Matthew's Mall <laughs> riot is uh, we could, that's another pod we'll, we'll do that as an oral history pod <laughs> yeah, one day. Uh, you know what's funny we could actually uh, I don't know what you want to talk about next but uh, go go ahead you can no we, uh, you know moving right along I mean I, I think the other kind of big story locally I mean there's been plenty of big stories locally there's but a lot going on. There's a lot for like going the dead of summer, yeah. It's it's kind of weird how how that always ends up happening. Uh, but the other story, I think, in the past week, I think it literally came out right after we recorded. Right, this the 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 latest in the uh, in the Avenatti, yeah, <laughs> Nike text messages um, uh, controversy, and it, and he released a treasure trove of text messages that have been looked over by Yahoo Sports, and uh, definitely giving a little more credence to his case, even though he may or may not have engaged in some sort of fraud in regards to these text messages. There's a little bit going on with your boy. There's there's going on. So we're not going to focus on that part. We want to focus on the parts that affect us locally, and that's the mentioning of Romeo Langford uh, and the mentioning of what appears to be a conversation with Kenny Payne, the uh, assistant coach for Kentucky, former Louisville basketball player. Doesn't really implicate Kentucky. I'll go ahead and say that, you know, 
you know, we're a little fancier, but that's that's not what this is. Um, but Chris, you know, I think you were curious. It's like no one's really talked a whole lot about the Romeo Langford side of it, which definitely affects Louisville more than uh, Kentucky. The, um, the Kentucky thing I, I didn't think was really much. As much as a lot of, you know, the, the guys wearing the red shirts would want to be, it was a conversation that didn't really have a lot. But the Romeo thing, and I'm trying to actually get the exact quote. I'm going through a career journal survey that I have to take when I open their articles. So, yeah, um, I'm trying to get the exact quote. But I thought the Romeo Langford thing had a little bit more on it that at least warranted a little bit more conversation locally. And we just didn't really get that. And that was kind of like my main takeaway is nobody has mentioned it. Actually, the first person I heard mention it today, and I had already been thinking about it to talk about tonight, was... Andy Sweeney, Sweeney today on a ESPN 680 at 4 o'clock. The take with Andy yeah, Sweeney. Yeah, the, 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 the take <laughs> with Andy Sweeney. That's my guy. But uh, I like that was the first mention I'd heard of it. And maybe it's, you know, it's as simple as this is a Friday's news dump. We can't really get around and talk about it. But but your boy Tim Sullivan will, will write a, a column about nearly anything these days that, that <laughs> even s- smells a little bit of scandal. And I mean... It, 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 it seems to me it's a little surprising that it, it became no no conversation like I, as I kind of expected to because the quotes are a little bit damning I thought there's actual numbers given away I mean there's obviously the whole Zion thing I don't think that that's going to become a conversation at all because it's Zion and I think they're going to do their damnedest not to not to have a conversation about like that whole thing but the Romeo thing was surprising to me. No, I, I completely agree with you. And I, I wonder how much of that is in regards to the fact that they didn't do much with Romeo. <laughs> like, there's not a whole lot at see, stake. I, I thought you might have said, like, who was going to break it because it broke from Yahoo Sports. If it was ESPN and they could kind of latch their name on it, would it become more of a central story in that case? Because ESPN owns stories. If they want something to become a story, it generally becomes more of a story. You know what I mean? Right. No, no, I, I, I think you're right. And I think it'll be really interesting. I, I, I don't know. Romeo's recruitment was so, like, long and complicated. I definitely, yeah. I definitely am super interested, to be quite honest, on, like, the, um, the specifics of, of how this stuff happened. But it definitely appears to be the case that and we knew this was happening. There was that whole story on Marvin Bagley's dad that it seems like the way that Nike is paying these players is they're paying their parents to run AAU teams. And so they'll give like Marvin Bagley's dad like $200,000 to run this AAU team. And oh, that's great. By the way, remember that Duke is a is a Nike school when Marvin decides where he's going to go to college. I mean, uh, don't and if anybody thinks Zion wasn't getting a bag in some shape or form, they're out of their mind. Let me well, just say I, that. Well, and, and I think just in general, it's like anyone who thought Nike wasn't involved. And, and this was, you know, listen, I get Louisville people were like, well, what about Nike? When's Nike going to get involved? But listen, man, if it's it's not about the crime, it's about getting caught. So I, I, I do want to just read this exact like quote this so people know exactly kind of what we're talking about that. Basically, yeah. Avenatti claims that a Nike Youth Basketball League executive sent in a text message that he would be willing to pay Romeo Langford $20,000 to to Romeo Langford himself or his family or his representatives. Um, and then there's a few other direct quotes they have kind of in here that, that they say they're willing to do whatever may be needed for the Zion slash Romeo situations as well as the money we're now going to do for the kid in Michigan. And they didn't mention his name because it was a minor at the time so yeah that's i just want to make sure we had that exact quote out there and my like my whole frustration with this is you know if kentucky gets whatever happens to them that's fine but my whole like frustration with this particular thing is like we talk so much after things kind of wind down about you know well, the baton's going to be passed to someone else. Someone else is going to be the face of this scandal. It's going to move on from Louisville, and someone else is going to be next. This was a thing that could have made a little bit, you know, someone locally, at least another conversation about someone that's not Louisville. 
and it, it that didn't happen. And you know that that pisses me off a little bit. I I I don't understand why whatever happens, Louisville seems to remain the face of the still. Like I get it, I I know why because the whole Katina Spal thing. They fired their coach, they fired the athletic director, all that happened. But there are a lot of schools being implicated these days, and it still seems like the baton remains with Louisville as the face of the whole scandal. And that's that's my thing. That's like like the root of why I even bring this up. To be honest with you. No, I get that. And I think, you know, I think locally Louisville's always – I think it's – to answer your question, Louisville's always going to remain the face of the scandal locally until something bigger happens with another one of these schools. I just think given the history, the, the recent history of Louisville, unfortunately that's the cross that Louisville fans are going to have to bear. I do think you are seeing nationally – Louisville not be the front page of the scandal. You know, we can go back to the report last week of the NCAA being on campus. That insinuates that the NCAA is still pretty far away from giving any kind of notice of allegations, which it sounds like they're much more prepared to do in some of these other cases. No, no, uh, Excuse me. North Carolina State already has theirs. I would imagine we're going to hear about Arizona and Kansas in the next six months. Yeah, Pat Forty was on with someone locally, and that was the first two he mentioned. So, so I think I, I think locally we're going to be able to have a little bit of a breath. We're like, yeah, there's that cloud hanging over the season, but I don't feel it as much as I have in in, in other ways, or, or at least when the Katina thing was happening, it didn't feel like that big of a cloud at this point. I don't know if you agree with me, Chris. Um, but, yeah, I think I think until something else happens locally, you know, if tomorrow something comes out and says that, you know, Khalil Whitney uh, got $50,000 to uh, go on it, you know, to, his dad got $50,000 to go on this visit to Kentucky or something. I don't know. You know, something but, like that. But, the, like, my thing is, like, there's a story out there that says Romeo yeah. Langford, a guy that, I mean – Dear Lord, we played the man's preacher at his his commitment ceremony on the news and on the radio for a week. And there's a story out there saying the man got $20,000 or maybe he did or maybe he didn't. But it's, you know, there's an implication and it just doesn't become anything. I don't know. That to me is amazing. It it is amazing to, to me that we don't have a column. We don't have anything. The first mention I hear about it is today on the radio, you know, at, at four o'clock. That I to really, me is something. I, no, I don't, I don't disagree with you, but I really do think it's because of the implications. It's because oh, the because, worst because thing. Because it's No, no, no. Because, because of what IU is right now. Like not to, like not to take a dump on IU, but if, if Romeo is revealed kid. to have taken $50,000 tomorrow and they can connect to IU, what's going to happen? Sean Miller's going to maybe get suspended, like get, get fired at the worst, and then they're going to lose that season that they had, yeah. which Miller. wasn't a good season. I'm sorry, Archie Miller. Yes. Me. So I, I don't think it's necessarily – Sean Miller's probably going to get fired too. But. Sean Miller's probably – that's why I was thinking <laughs> that. Um so I don't know. That's why I'm, I I don't know. I just I think with Louisville, the potential consequences could mean them having another postseason ban. And and in this time where Chris Mack is is doing really well and turned things around very quickly, that matters way. That consequence matters way more to Louisville than it would to IU. It was a lost season for IU last year. They had their best player they've had in decades, and they didn't do jack with it. And I think almost some fans would love to have that season vacated so they don't have to remember it, (laughs) how much how much it got blown up. You know, I think I think I may have a uh, another trash movie take that I have to (laughs) have to give out. I tweeted today that I think I have a take that people are not going to like. And I never actually said it. So I was going to reserve it for this podcast. So I. I think I believe that the remake Willy Wonka is better than the original. Oh Wonka. my God, Chris! Chris, I just want to let you like marinate in that take and 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 then think about that one. I don't know, man. I I'm just I'm in silence. I'm in <laughs> silence. I feel like you just told me that KFC is good. 
Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people were posting that uh, that KFC double decker sandwich on on Twitter today. I saw that no, too. Man, yeah. it was solid, but that was just like that was the tip of the iceberg of the of the like the fast food wars that began. We got Boston that was like Market first, out here tweeting. Boston Market. It was open season <laughs> on Chick Fil A today. Open season. Anyone got their shots in? Anybody who wanted to take a shot could have. Yeah. Just I'm just incredible. waiting for like a, a company that doesn't even have a chicken sandwich to, to, <laughs> to come out with one. Like because Wendy's came out with a taco or whatever. Yeah, I'm just waiting for that to happen. Like Pizza Hut comes I out with a chicken sandwich. To, this is this is probably not going to make for for a good podcast. But I have a, a group text with friends and we we're talking about the chicken sandwiches. And my buddy says, oh, is anybody in here a fan of Long John Silver's? And like no one texted for a second. And I'd like did, you know, crickets <laughs> like like star crickets. And he said, hey, man, it's great chicken. I'm like, you're getting chicken from a fish place. What does this even mean? <laughs> So shout out to all the listeners out there that are getting chicken from uh, uh, Long John Silver. Shout out to you. And to answer Chris's terrible take, I just – I got nothing to say. Shout out shout Spe- out to homie Gene Wilder, RIP. Speaking uh, of the the, um, <laughs> the Long John Silvers, I have a take about the, the Moby Dick near campus that I'll have to um, – <laughs> We'll have to say I, that one for another I'll have to, time. I have to tell you about that one time. I'm not – I'm, I'm going to maybe save that for off there, but um, – <laughs> I have a conversation I have to tell you about that one time. So yeah, well, we, we, we can do, we can talk about something else now. Let's talk about Rex Karma because okay. that was quite a moment. That was wild, you. Um, I just want to you know I want to I want to set this up you know for I, I feel like some people might not be 100 percent aware. Please do because the um, boys out here talking Louisville, talking Louisville, crazy. Uh, Louisville men's tennis coach uh, Rex Karma, who has been with the university for 29 years, this would have been his 30th year with with U of L and the Cardinals. Um, he was found uh, after an investigation to have bullied, discriminated, and mistreated his players over the course of several years. U of L is going to. You know they terminated his 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 employment, but is going to pay him the rest of his contract through 2023. Uh, I'm going to read from the Courier Journal here. According to the 21 page report, investigators interviewed Akarma and 21 other people. Uh, they reviewed his personnel file, emails, injury reports. Um, it sounds some of the some of the highlights from this are uh, um, many interviewees reported specific racist or sexist comments allegedly made by a karma including quote how many indians are going to walk in this building uh whites are better than black people uh karma was making jokes about a it sounds like one player's mexican heritage saying that he should get a burrito or uh quote his family might be here while passing a mexican restaurant so yeah all this is really bad and it's just I, absurd shit dude and also a karma who is who is Filipino added, he said, I don't recall saying any of that. I want to say on the record, I am a minority. I am an immigrant. I have recruited and graduated players from 25 countries and 25 cultures. I have tremendous respect, not only for uh, the appreciation and appreciation for all nationalities and cultures. What a weird story. What a weird story. I think it it was, I think I just wanted to mention this because we went from, it was like a generally like, yo, there was nothing about this going on. Like Friday, nothing came out about it except for the fact that he was fired. We sort mm-hmm. of got the Friday evening news dump. And I saw a lot of people on Twitter who I think I'm not, not trying to call these people out. I think they've since kind of walked this back, um, say they were very confused. They no. know Rex Karma to be a great person. Um but it's hard to to argue against this. I think a lot of people have definitely said, okay, that's, if this is what happened behind the scenes, behind the curtain, then he definitely deserved to be fired. No, he's the longest, you know, tenured coach at, at UofL. I had a few people over the last month, I think I had two or three people message me and ask me if I knew anything about what was going on. I had no clue. Um, I know a few people a little bit closer to the program than myself knew what was going on. Um, but I, I had no clue. But there was a lot of people you know confused that's why I was I was very happy you know that this this leaked today because I think that it needed to come out because there were a lot of people questioning this decision by Vince Tower so um I don't know. It's a wild story. I don't really know how much commentary we can really add to it other than that you know 
this was kind of, you know, the, the field hockey situation was probably the first true little ordeal that, that Tyra had to deal with. This was another one of those, and I think it was something he handled relatively well. I, yeah, I think I wish we would have gone through the weekend, you know, within the dark. But outside of that, I was thinking it was – No, I think – and I know you you wanted to talk a little bit about Vince, Chris, but I think this definitely underlines that, that, that Chris is – or I'm sorry, that Vince Tyra is going to – He's going to run the athletic department the, the way he sees fit. And, you know, he has been transparent, so it was nice to see this come out. I, I, I have a feeling he sort of – I don't know. I almost got the feeling that he knew that this was going to come out one way or another. You know, this was definitely it, it, searchable. It kind of felt like this was all leaked at once to the people that wanted to share the story because Courier Journal came out with the story. Everyone um, had it at the same Mark, time. Mark Innes came out with the story. Jody Dimley came out with the story. So – Whatever, you know, back channels that they went through, it all happened at once. It was meant to be the way it was presented. I almost wonder if the report was completed at the end of last week. They wanted to get rid of Rex as soon as possible, and then they didn't want to release the report findings until Monday when more people would would have eyes on it, just so they could be a little more transparent, which I know we worked sort of – we sort of had some conversation on Friday. I was like, man, this isn't very transparent, especially if Rex is saying that he didn't see the report at all. That's kind of messed up. But given all of this, I definitely understand Tyree. And, and yeah, so I personally, you know, given I, I think hindsight's always twenty twenty, and we didn't have the full story uh, uh, from UofL's perspective. So I think seeing it now definitely can agree uh, that he went about this right. And, and man, it's, it's, it, it is good to have. It does feel good. And, you know, last week we talked about feeling like the athletic departments in the 21st century and, and yeah. seeing this kind of level of transparency and getting an idea that this kind of stuff won't be tolerated feels great it's it, you know given what we've heard about um you know bobby Petrino and, <laughs> and and how he runs his program and, and just just a year that 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 uh, that students feel empowered which is a really good thing it, it seems like that's that's definitely a, something we can point to as a trend for Vince Tyree and I think has to do with his experiences as a, as a as an athlete at university and uh, that's not a bad thing that that students feel like they have more power and they have um, the ability to speak up if something's not going great Real quick, I do want to talk a little bit about Vince Tower, but I just have to, like, I have these people that are, you know, out of this this video of the, the whole state fair thing kind of just, like, blew up a little bit or whatever. And I have people, like, from different states seeing the Scott Reynolds <laughs> thing, and they're just oh, like, no. this dude is a freaking king. And I just We didn't love mention it. Scott Reynolds. But that's what I was sitting there thinking. I was like, we didn't even, uh, you, I kind of blacked out when you were talking because I was like, we went through that whole thing. We even mentioned like Scott Reynolds just coming through as a champion um, and, and there's just like people in like from like Tennessee, Alabama who all know about Scott Reynolds now and I'm just happy that they know about a true king like that that just that just warms my heart Gabe uh, shout out to Scott Reynolds uh, definitely uh, he definitely came out as an MVP and he sort of came out of the state and he's like I was uh, a little bit too rowdy but listen man if he you apologized get, if, and no one was mad I no need for the apology man A if you hear that your kids are saying that there's a shooter at the, at the state fair come get me parent jump in your car and and floor it down the water so to get there no right. one's going to be upset and then freaking out when you get there because you're trying to get your kid no problem. I saw a lot of comments from parents being saying that whole situation was just a nightmare. So I, yeah. I can understand it from a parent point of view. And Scott was sick and tired of that shit. And I'm cool with him being sick Dude, and tired. I, I got a feeling that meme's going to get some serious run. And I really hope it does. Serious run this football season locally. And, um, <laughs> it, you know, yeah, it is what it is. I, I'm it glad is. we didn't decide to talk about football today because. There's nothing to talk about. Dude, I, I don't think that Louisville has a backup right now, and I'm real concerned about it. Like, the, the, you know, Malik Cunningham's been out for, like, three weeks straight. There's, like, no general timeline for when he's going to return. Well, Chris, you know, the good news is that Jawan Pass made some progression uh, in the most recent closed pat practice. All as well. And uh, we'll see what happens. That was literally, weeks, like, the first positive thing I've heard about Jawan Pass in, like, a month. So, yeah, there's that. I, that I, I'm, I'm so ready just to see what happens on the field. And, uh, uh, yeah, we can, we'll, we'll get there when we get there. I think we, 
Yeah, I just wanted to talk a little bit about Vince Tower because I, I I've heard this I've heard this theory from like I think it was like two or three people at this point now about the whole Chuck Smart situation. Wolf fans oh, are obviously like yeah, they're I mean they're obviously like pissed off about like how he's even surrounded the, the university now and I get it. I'm I'm pissed off too. I have no idea how your boy is still on the payroll. Um I don't think he ever left the payroll. I, I think that's the, I think is the uh, yeah, yeah. I think the thing that was illuminating for some people, like, wait, Smirk's still here, but I, I don't think he ever left. But the theory that I have thir- heard that's been thrown around is that he knows where all the bodies are buried. So you don't one to get rid of that guy because he could just start, you know, speaking. So I just kind of wanted to throw that your way and think about what you're thinking about. And then on a larger sense, I, I don't think that, that Vince Tyra, I would say like his approval rating, you know, if I was going to give it a rating right now, is like a 90, 85%, somewhere there. I, I think that's eight out of 10 fans. Are, are happy with the job that he's doing. You think that's fair? I think that's fair, but I want to get, you know, oh. to borrow again oh. from the pod father, uh, I've got my conspiracy Gabe hat on. Um. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. No, but, but I'm going to connect all this. What I'm saying is, like, I don't think that there needs to be uh, weighing those two things. I don't think necessarily that Vince Tyra needs a PR win. He doesn't need to do something to appease the loyal fan base to get them back in their graces. So why take that risk of getting rid of a guy like Chuck Smurt, who may know where the bodies are buried if you don't need to? Maybe put that in your back pocket if you actually need it. I mean, if you actually, like, you screw up and you you need a PR win, maybe then you kind of just take that risk and say, peace out. I like this thinking, Chris. I think it's a good point. I, I completely agree with you. I think if you pulled the fan base, I, I think you'd get over 90% of people approve of Vince Tyree's job. It's, and I think you'd have close to 100% of people if you took out the people who are still, quote unquote, mad about Tom Jurich getting I fired. That I'm mad about Tom. People are mad. It's, you know, it, it, All people who wouldn't show up and protest about Tom Jurich getting fired. If you took those people out of the equation, I think you'd have 95 to 99%, maybe 100% approval rating. But no, I think that's a really good point. I think that's a really, 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 really smart point. It's the only thing and I've heard that makes sense. They, no, I, I, my personal theory was that maybe Smart had a long-term contract. Yeah. That maybe he wouldn't have come on with the university unless they had said, hey, we're, we're with you for 10 years. You're going to be our consultant. I don't know many consulting jobs that work that way. Yeah, um, I mean, a but, lot of consulting jobs work, you know, their contract project yeah, based. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, I could see a contract being for, oh, a 10 year contract, but that's just for this type of situation, it seems out of the question. Well, we're I talking also, about Tom Jurich contracts, though. I don't know that anything's out of the contract. But I do, I do think, an, and I mentioned it to you, and I think you were a little indifferent, but I do think the fact that. John Carmen, the the university spokesman, went out of his way to mention that there was an attorney also on retainer regarding this case. It almost felt to me like Louisville fans don't think about this being Chuck Smirt running the show. Think about it as he's in the corner in the back and he's just kind of there because he has to be there. Yeah. Maybe for the reason that you're talking about, because he knows where the bodies are buried yeah. and that another party is the main um, avenue they'll be going through. The fact that they mentioned it was an attorney was interesting to me. That insinuates we're going to fight like hell. And that was sort of an understated part of that. It wasn't a consultant. It was specifically a very high, I think it was a high profile attorney, if I recall, was the exact quote, which I, I don't, you don't use, when you're talking about a PR situation, every word matters. And an attorney can still be a consultant. You don't say that they're a high-profile attorney without saying to the NCAA, "We're, you know, we're, we're considering legal action if this doesn't go our way." What a, just something see, to consider. Uh, circle back to an avenue that you just said, and I didn't even expect to go down. But you said fight like hell. Are we sure that the U- University of Louisville is going to fight like hell when this thing happens? Because Mike, I, I have thought a little bit about that because. Louisville has went out of their way to say that they're going to be compliant. They're going to do things the right way. And, you know, 
this is a new leaf. So I think it's I, – I truly hope that Louisville does that. And I do think at the end of the day, they are going to fight like how they're going to take it. Tell the NCAA to, you know, screw off. But I think it's going to be a little weird to do that when they're going to say they're being compliant, but at the same time, they're not going to, you know, they're going to tell you to screw off. Do your own investigation. We're not going to help you at all. I think that's an interesting point. And and almost weirdly, I was looking on Twitter before we started and I noticed this. I think this kind of points to what, you know, what we're talking about here. I, I don't know if you saw the images of the mini yum center. I forget what they call it now. It's a new name. I think Kruger facility. Oh, I or, know. I know. What, yeah. And name, name escapes it, me, but I think everyone knows what you're talking everyone about. Everyone knows the, the practice facility for the Louisville basketball team, men's basketball team. Uh, if you're not aware, there are some new decorations in that facility bringing back the mention of Louisville winning the 2013 national championship and going to the final four in 2012 and 2013. And that, as you may or may not be aware, is against the NCAA rules and their punishment for the university that all mentions have to be taken down of said title. And it doesn't, it says final four. It doesn't say NABC as some people have mentioned might, might need to be the case or champion without any specific reference. It says final four and champion with the final four symbol of 2013. They are, they are alluding to the fact that they won the title, even though in the eyes of the NCAA, they did not. That is not that, that it's, it, I think, I bring that up because I think Louisville is going to abide by the rules in this given playing field. But I think an argument that they could potentially make down the road is we did everything you asked in this playing field. We changed our complete policy. We changed our leadership from top to bottom. Literally everyone, top to bottom. Literally top to bottom. And every person that is involved in this situation now had no – was not helped or was not aided or was not involved with the allegations of which you're speaking. And because of that, if you're going – if the NCAA is going to give another postseason ban, for instance, I truly believe Louisville is prepared to challenge the NCAA's power and authority on this and say you are literally – punishing people who had nothing to do with this that's against everything you believe in and i and and i do think they'll they'll spend the money to to defend that to take it to to trial or 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 whatever they want to do because i think giving the ncaa the ultimative at that point so to speak is you know the perfect choice to do that because at that point you're not really not being in compliant. You're saying, look, if this is what you want to do, then we can play that game. And, you know, let, let's go ahead. I think Louisville is a lot better, like, financially than they were a year ago. They just bought – right. they, they just made the Jewish hospital acquisition. We'll talk about that in another podcast because I want to talk about that. But, um, yeah, I, I, think, I think they'll spend the money if they have to to fight this in as many courts as possible. And I, I truly hope I just, that happens. Yeah. But I just want to you know throw that out there because there's always the possibility that, you know, it doesn't happen. So I think – no, yeah, you're absolutely right. But I, I think to answer the original question, I think they are going to play by the NCAA's rules. They're going to go through the process. But I, I do I do really and, – and the more I think about this, the more as, as a marketing person, my mind is, is churning because the fact that they've already said they're hiring – they hired a lawyer is just – that's a red flag. And I'm honestly surprised that I didn't think about it until now yeah. um, because they could have said a hundred other things. And that was both a signal to fans saying, OK, Chuck Smurt's not running the show and a symbol to the NCAA saying we're prepared for whatever you're going to throw at us. And I, don't, I, I and I think if it did get to a point of the NCAA is going to punish Louisville, which I'm starting to think, especially given sort of how – and there was some writing about this, how the NC State allegations came out. They sort of insinuated that they would pin the violations specifically on the coaches mm-hmm. and players and not the university. Because they're also in a situation where their coach, you know, Kevin Keats was not involved with with paying Dennis Smith Jr. And, and, and that would be a similar situation. Yeah, I mean, um, publicly stated, Pat Forty, who's been all over this, said that Ripetino is going to get a five year show clause. That's yeah. his prediction. So. And and I I just I think at this point I 
I think we'll have to wait for more of the allegations. But that's why I'm very interested in the next kind of level of allegations uh, uh, for NC State and seeing how they get responded to because they're sort of in the same situation Louisville is. And we talked about that I think when, when their allegations. Oh yeah, the came similarities out. are actually pretty striking. So it'll be I mean, it'll be something. It'll definitely watch. be something. Who do you think makes that decision to put those final four recognition things back up? Do you think Chris Mack just calls Vince Dyer and be like, "Enough of this bullshit. We're putting this stuff up." Yeah. How do you think that goes down? Yeah, I mean, why not? And I think w- sort of what I've read, and I'm not, I'm not quite sure, is that uh, because it's a not public space, it is a private practice facility. The general public cannot go into that space without right. permission. In theory, um, it's not a where they don't host games there. They have their private practices there. They can have whatever kind of decoration they want there. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes. We'll save the best best for last because we, we save we, the best for last. Your boys. <laughs> our Matt, boy, honestly, we have to get a boy. mission of him. It seems like every we have been on this dude. I will tell you that no podcast in Louisville outside of Matt Jones <laughs> podcast himself has covered the will Matt Jones run or will he not saga better than we have. I think we. Sh- I'm going to for sure tweet, use that as like the tweet tomorrow when I tweet about this, like the only Louisville podcast talking in depth about Matt Jones. Uh, we'll just <laughs> him Matt, to it. Realistic. Maybe he'll be on our uh, ass to end up being on here again. Maybe we'll have him on some point. So we'll uh, shout out to Matt if he's listening. Definitely. Um, definitely love to see that. Uh, so yeah, Chris, let's, let's just take it from the beginning. Cause I think this is the type of thing that we want to start from the beginning. Yeah. Um, on Friday, Matt Jones announced that he was writing a book, I think with Harper Collins, like it's a big deal. It's not, you know, uh, a book called Mitch, please. Um, Great a day. plan to chronicle what Jones sees as McConnell, as Mitch McConnell's negative impact on Kentucky. His love letter to Kentucky. His love letter to Kentucky. He said he said he's going to visit all 120 counties of Kentucky and write a story about each one, some small, some big, to kind of outline his vision of Kentucky. Um, yeah, so that was the thing. <laughs> we 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 kind of saw this as a grift sort of deal. Um, as people, people, it's worth pointing out. People saw it the exact opposite way that we saw it. Though. Oh yeah, no, and and it's I don't know, man. We keep talking about it of, of whether whether we're wrong in this or not. Um, I generally got the vibe, and he even mentioned this when he talked about the fact that he was going to get do the book deal. Was that when he, ex, you know, when he accepted the book deal and started making plans for the book, he had already des- he had decided in his mind at that point he was not running for senate. Which sort of underlines, I think, why we came to this conclusion. Um, so he announces he's writing this book with another KSR writer, and um, it's going to be this big deal. I mean, he met, you know, it was done. The deal was done with Harper Collins, big deal, whatever. Um, he has this funny story about showing up in basketball shorts, etc. Uh, later that day, WLEX, the local Lexington news station that does the Hey Kentucky program that he's been very successful that Matt has been very successful with um, announced that Jones would no longer appear as the host on the nightly topical and debate show quote Matt Jones is no longer with Hey Kentucky as a broadcaster of balanced and unbiased news information WLEX has an obligation to fairness across its platforms and we believe this decision is consistent with that commitment and in response, Jones tweeted, I disagree strongly with the decision, but is what it is. I will continue to pursue my passions and beliefs regardless of the result. Jones had already uh, announced and WLAX had announced that while he was deciding whether he was going to run for Senate, he would not be appearing on his show. Right. Which, OK. He sort of insinuated Chris back then and he mentioned it to this morning on Monday morning um, that he had a vague idea of why he was not on the show anymore uh-huh. and he didn't expound on it. I remember that kind of clearly yeah I mean he he, he, he said that a few times yeah so he fast forward to I believe Sunday night and a reporter by the name of Ryan Grimm who works for the I think his name's Ryan Grimm right no I'm looking at the article right now it's Ryan Grimm 
and he works for the Intercept, which is a uh, left-leaning entire another angle that we're going to have to talk about a little we'll, bit. We'll because get to it. But they're in, in they, as Matt Jones described, a national website that does investigative journalism. <laughs> you can you um, can access them nationally. Yes, you can you can call them that. Um, they, uh, you know, he, this guy Ryan Grimm says that the campaign manager for the McConnell campaign whose name I'm Mark Nicholas has been boasting in Kentucky political circles that he was responsible for Jones's firing for the, according to for the, sources with knowledge of the situation for the McGrath his, campaign you said McConnell, for the McGrath so, yeah oh I'm sorry for the McGrath campaign yes his efforts set up a potentially epic campaign blunder as Jones has been publicly has been pondering a challenge to McGrath and the fact he's no longer employed by the TV station removes one of his most persuasive reasons not to run. So now um, Jones is not on. He comes on the radio today. He kind of explains the whole deal, sort of rehashing this. He is under the understanding that this is sort of what he was alluding to when he got taken off WLEX a month ago. That the McConnell, that the I'm, I keep I'm sorry I keep saying McConnell, but it's McGrath campaign kind of nudged WLEX and said, "Hey, why don't you get Matt Jones off the airwaves?" What is your initial? What, what this? Is, there's so much happening here, there's Chris. A, but like, what's, so there's like a lot of distinctions that need to be made here because there's a lot of people that are in important political circles in you know the city of Louisville and the, the state of Kentucky that seem to think the whole temporary suspension or whatever you want to call it from Matt Jones from his from Hey Kentucky was due to Amy McGrath's campaign manager kind of nudging them along is the, the the words you used to kind of get him off the air. There was a lot less consensus on he being the reason that Matt Jones was fired permanently. Right. And that's Let's, that's an important, you know, area to start. Because yeah, for we me, need to be clear there. Yeah. The, the campaign is is denying. I think they're denying pretty much everything. But they're they're not. So they're not commenting on him being suspended from the the the, the TV show. They are but they're publicly saying that, saying they that no, didn't have anything yeah. to do with him being fired. Right. Which which as you mentioned is a very important distinction. Just want to make sure we we make that clear I mean, so no one's like, hey. Literally, the the response you know a few weeks ago when the suspension was announced about that was no comments, which leads you to believe that there may be a little bit there. To me, that's not a big red flag. That's politics. I mean, right. getting him fired is a is a whole other thing. That's where I start to to walk into the the problem issue. But the, but the thing is, for me, I, I'm not going to sit here and say that you know. <laughs> Amy McGrath has ran a flawless campaign because there have been question marks from day one. But this, to me, would send – getting him fired would would be the thing that I have the most questions about because it is literally – his TV show is one of the reasons he doesn't run. He doesn't want to give up something like that. So right. if you get him fired from that show, you take away a reason that – why would you openly give Matt Jones a reason to run against you? To me, that's what you're doing. And then the whole like Mitch McConnell thing, uh, you know, the Intercept says that they they saw they they reached out to the Mitch McConnell campaign. They said they didn't have anything to do with it. They kind of left it there, which is a whole like you know you're going to reach out to the McConnell campaign and you're not going to press them anymore. You're just going <laughs> to ask them if they had anything to do with this, and that that was weird to me. Not that saying they have me, anything to do with me, but it, it is kind of weird to just immediately d- dismiss a guy like Mitch McConnell at his word. That's very strange. Completely agree, especially given the left leaning principles of the Intercept. I, I, I was floored by that as well. I, I not not to blame the McConnell campaign of anything, but I, it, I I think that kind of angle of it deserves more than a one sentence. That's I think we sort of agree on that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I I'm right there with you, and and, and you know, Joe, if if like if they did this. It, it is tremendously dumb on a lot of levels. That That's what we can kind of say, I think. No, I completely agree. And Jones has already said, hey, like, I, I'm not going to join. I'm not going to run for Senate just out of spite. But 
you know, this is a pretty good, if I was, this is a pretty good time to do it. (laughs) And I, you know, and and Jones is right. He's going to get another opportunity. He mentioned that in his show. He's going to get another opportunity at TV. I don't think that's his concern, but I'm right there with you. I'm, I'm, I'm really looking at this specifically from the McGrath point of view, his, her campaign and and this guy, Mark Nicholas. I think that's a way to look at it. I mean, they're the person that's in the election. Yeah, no, but like given the fact that they have bungled this thing from the beginning like if there's a if there was a time for them to get rid of this dude it's right now and every minute that goes by that he's not been fired is honestly shocking to me because i'm right there with matt and and this is not what you're gonna want to be known for and this is a hundred percent how voters a lot of them who listen to you know, Kentucky sports radio and are are the types of people you might want to flip, you know, to to vote for for your candidate. This is exactly the type of thing that's going to piss them off and make them not vote for you. But do 100%. you I, mean, I think the Kavanaugh thing definitely resonates with anybody. Like you know, the flip flop of the Kavanaugh thing. Do you think something yeah. like this truly is in the mind of a of a flip flop voter when they go to the ballot? It, I mean, it is. It is another thing to just put in your back of your head. But is I think it, it's just, is I it? think it's just another thing, but I, I do think in this type of situation there's a difference, I think, in someone having a differing political view and then the idea that someone is willing to do whatever it takes to win. Yeah. Especially I think in some of the communities that McGrath needs to do well in, you know. Not for this is not a great word. I was listening to a political podcast earlier today, and they mentioned the word folksy. McGrath has to be folksy. She has to. She has to be um, identifiable. She has to be able to be personable. And if this is in the back mind of the guy who's wearing the Kentucky sweatshirt, shaking her hand, that's not good. I mean, it's it's extremely valuable for Matt Jones if he decides to run now, I think, because he's going to talk to these people that are very lovers of the Constitution. And he can say, this lady was trying to silence me. Yeah. And that is something that resonates in a big way in the primary. Um, I don't know how many, you know, voters, I think most of the voters in the primary are probably going to have their mind up. I don't know how many end of vote, like swing voters are really going to have. I think a lot of those people are going to have their mind made up one way or another. If it's McGrath, if it's Booker, if it's, you know, whoever it is, if it's Matt Jones. Um, but, you know, that's that's kind of a ace in his pocket if he does decide to run. I know you had another kind of perspective on this whole deal that I wanted you to talk a little bit about because it was something that quite frankly I, I hadn't even really thought about so I think it's worth mentioning I, I don't know I, I Chris and I almost I almost tweeted this out and I'm glad I didn't because I wanted to talk it out with you and I definitely want to get your your thoughts on it but the more I think about this the more I kind of think that the real engine behind this is obvious and it's always obvious in these situations and it's money and I, I can see the way that this kind of worked out. And Jones also mentioned that uh, WLEX has recently been purchased by the Scripps company. They're new to the market in Lexington. Uh, they want to make sure their investment uh, gets – they get return on their investment. Right. And there's no way to get return on your investment in the local sports – or the local news business than selling advertisements to political campaigns. And the way I kind of think – my best hypothesis of how this went down is um, McGrath's uh, McGrath's campaign manager, Nicholas, says, you know, if you're going to keep Matt Jones on your airwaves and he's considering a run, he's going to, you know, criticize us. Maybe we'll you know, keep that in mind down the line when we have. $10 million to spend on advertisements in 2020. Right. And that, and we're going to be hammering the 6th Congressional District, the Lexington area and broadcast area very hard. And maybe we'll keep this in mind when that comes down the line. Because that seems to be the only reason why. That, that is the only thing that would make sense to me for uh, WLEX. What... It, this show that Jones does, the Hey Kentucky Show, I've watched it before. 
It's solid. They've won regional Emmys. They've it's been successful. It seems like it's going really well for everyone. Why would you jeopardize that show? Entirely, unless it's about something bigger than that, and, and that I mean, your, your, your point's well taken because every sign that says "Hey Kentucky" says "With Matt Jones." They have made him the, the, the star of this show. He is so the star to take of the show. him away. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure they filmed tonight with. Um, the, the Drew guy that's on Kentucky Drew Sports Franklin, Radio, Drew yeah. Franklin. So I, I, I assume that some of the people that are on Kentucky Sports Radio are remaining and kind of helping out with him. I can't imagine that that, that dude running that show, but, you know, whatever. Um, so I, I, I do think that that point is well taken. I'm not sure I have much of a rebuttal with you other than to say, yeah. Um, I think that's I think that's a valid point, and I think that's something to consider. Eventually, at some point. I look forward to when we can kind of progress this conversation to, you know, if Matt Jones decides to, to run, kind of what are the hurdles he's going to overcome or he's not going to run? What is McGrath going to do? I don't know. I'm just ready for the next stage of the way we can talk about this election because I feel like this is like – and kind of like it's a Louisville football, we don't really know how to speak about it until they're on the field. I don't really know how to speak about it until Matt Jones says he's either in or he's not. Because if it's yeah. Amy McGrath, it's not going to be Amy McGrath alone. There are other people that are chomping at the bit that are waiting around for Matt Jones and they're going to make their decisions after. And that's a great point, Chris, because I, I, I still I still kind of lean towards Matt Jones not running. Um even though I think he definitely the more, you know, he definitely laid kind of the groundwork for, for reasons why he would in the past, you know, the past 48 hours, 24, 48 hours. Um, there are, you know, I, we sort of talked last time or a time before that about, uh, about Charles Booker potentially running. I, I, I don't have any inside information, but I, I truly believe he is going to run. And the fact that we haven't heard any more about him potentially running gives me the idea that he's, he sort of got, the whole thing ready and just waiting for Matt Jones' decision and then he'll maybe wait a little bit after his or, or some period of time. Um, but, you know, we also, you know, we also had Rocky Atkins who potentially was interested. There were some rumors that Eastern Kentucky uh, money was interested in Atkins running and representing their interests. Um, and I'm sure another person or two might see this as another opening. Can we j- just say the whole intercept thing is very interesting because they are going to become uh, – for whatever reason, Matt has put this premise that the Democratic establishment doesn't like him. That is something that I really do not buy at all. Honestly, it's something that I don't buy. But for whatever reason, that is a premise he's going to go with. And, you know, maybe he speaks it into existence where they don't really like him. But I think the intercept for him might actually turn out to be a pretty valuable tool if he decides to run. Because they were the ones kind of leaking the information that, you know, damn near said he was going to run right before they released this article about, you know, McGrath doing this. There was an article, I guess it was two or three days ago to go that said everything other than he was definitely going to run. And I don't know. I, I, I just think their role in this is kind of weird. No, they're, they're odd bedfellows. I mean, the, the, the Intercept is an organization that is, I would qualify as left-leaning, and Matt Jones is an unabashed centrist. No. And that they, they are strange bedfellows in that way, and I do think, you know, and Matt Jones mentioned it in his podcast, or in his radio show today, that he is... If he did run, he would run as the type of person he said he would want to run as, and that's a person who criticizes the Democratic establishment. I agree with him in that I think the National Democrats – he doesn't fit the mold for what the National Democrats feel like a Kentucky Democrat should. I don't think Kentucky Democrat – I'm with you on the Kentucky part though. Yeah, I'm talking about Kentucky, the Kentucky Democrats yes. don't necessarily represent the way National Democrats feel. I also thought and it that's was – the point. Thought it was kind of funny that he wanted to treat the intercept as kind of like a I'm not gonna say reliable news source because that's not the word, but he wanted to treat them as a national news source, but also kind of wanted to say why he's not as bad as a Republican or bad as a Democrat, but he's kind of doing the same thing that you know Republicans do with Fox News or Democrats do with MSNBC. I thought that was funny. 
I mean, the intercept, the intercept does good work. I'm not, you know, I, I, I'm I, not disparaging it, the work either. But oh I no, mean, no, 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 no. But I do think, I do think it has it benefits Matt for them to be a a a nondescript, um, in, you know, investigative journalism outlet right. as opposed to one um, that some of his readers would refer to as socialist. Yeah. <laughs> to be quite honest, I think that's a good way to put it. That's a good point. And, it's it's fascinating. I'm with you, Chris. We've talked about this. God, we've talked about this like ten times, Matt Jones, and running for Senate. And I'm just ready for him to decide. Um, for all intents and purposes, it sure sounds like he's not. He's he's doing it by the end of the month. But I think, I think, else to think about. if he doesn't like make a decision, we're just gonna have to start going through his mentions and reading some of his best tweets that are like replied to him. Because my goodness, there are some doozies. We had this guy the other day talking about how he was gonna call the FCC and get Matt Jones off the radio because he just didn't think it was right that he was using his platform to not talk about the cats. Um, and I, that's that's my my I'm, shit right there. I am starting. I was previously, if you had a gun to my head, I I would have said a hundred percent. Matt Jones is not running, and I, I think it's I've I've still got it like sixty forty. He doesn't run, but it's getting closer to fifty fifty by the day. I would for say me. I'm seventy thirty seventy five. Uh, I think okay. I, I think I've spoke you a little bit into to my corner a little bit, um, but I don't know. I just no, and someone you know, and we talked about this last time. But the point, and I think it matters more now. It's like the point of him writing a book. Like that's what people who run for office do, mm-hmm. and so like that that kind of fits in with that. I don't know. Um, we'll see. I don't know. We'll see. I, I, <laughs> I feel like we're ending. We end every podcast with just we'll see what happens. Um, but man, it's we've talked about this so many times. Yeah. But anything else before we wrap this thing up, Chris? The Matt Jones, whenever he announces, will probably be as close to emergency podcast status we can get. Maybe it, it depends on the situation, but maybe we can go ahead and have our second emergency podcast. Of, we will have of a second. Uh, I to. promise you, we will have a second emergency <laughs> podcast for Matt Jones. If, if Chris, you've got it, you know, if we're like in random locations, I'll sneak into a bathroom and just get you a call, and, and we'll Skype record it. <laughs> And we will do it, Chris. And I think that's that's about it. In two weeks, we'll have football. So worst comes the worst, we have that. Yeah. Um, Remember, be on the lookout, I guess, for the for the newsletter on Friday. Newsletter, um, hope yeah, hopefully newsletter on Friday. And please vote for us for the the Leo Reader's Choice. I'll include the link in the show notes, of course, and I'll probably throw something on the website even for now. So uh, thanks everyone for listening to another episode. Uh, we will see you guys next time.